Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Bullpen Blues. As always, I'm your co-host, Kevin Dixon, joined by our good buddy, David Esser. David, you have a few things you want to get off your chest today, don't you? Kevin, uh, good evening, as some some may say, here at uh, 11.08 p.m. Um, I, I have a little bit of a rant for the listeners tonight. Ugly series against Colorado. Ugly. Lost it blown out this afternoon uh real real quick one question for you before i get to this rant would you trade Aaron Nola for madison bumgarner right now coming off that no hitter <laughs> i'm just throwing it out there oh my god um before we even get into it they need to look at that if they're going to look at complete game shutouts as official stats like just put an asterisk next to it they got to figure something know. out yeah like you can't say it wasn't because it happened yeah, especially yeah, it's not nine innings, but like just leave an asterisk next to it. Yeah, but the the league is forcing them to play seven as opposed to nine. Like, like that's, that's not mean. yeah, which is the dumbest rule ever. It's not Mad Bum's fault. I hate the seven innings. Anyways, um, yeah, congrats to Madison Bumgarner. That's a no hitter in my book. Phillies, yeah, Phillies baseball. Um, so I have a little bit of a rant, and obviously the team lost today. They haven't looked particularly great this year um they're only 10 and 11 still right in the thick of things with the nle right, right there they're right there damn right you're damn right and i hear that argument look braves mets nats marlins they've all looked terrible it, it, it's right there for the taking and i'm my fundamental issue with that argument because we've sat here along with all the other phillies fans after each series swept by the mets losing a series to the giants now losing a series to Colorado, a, a bottom feeder in baseball at the moment after the way they handled the Nolan Arenado trade. And we look ahead and we're like, oh, look, we just, we just take two or three next week. We're right back in this. And we finish this month over 500 and that month, that month over 500. And we get to the trade deadline. And I don't want to say it's excuses, but it's, it's, it's a flawed logic game after game to sit here and watch this team struggle and then occasionally stack up a win and all of us be like, oh, my gosh, look, they won tonight. They're back to normal. Hoskins is an all-star. Bryce is MVP. You know, it list goes on and on. So I went back and I looked at how the team has ranked compared to other teams in baseball over the entire season. Because we talk a lot about big picture. We talk a lot about not making conclusions off of one game, which I, I agree with. Baseball's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Kevin, I want to start first with the pitching. Because pitching was something I think we all felt was going to be kind of a quiet strength for this team this year. They've given up the ninth most hits in baseball. And you turn around and you may say, oh, okay, well, the defense hasn't been great. Well, they ranked 24th in FIP. So the defense has only hurt them so much. They're giving up a lot of hits. They've allowed the third most home runs in baseball. Yep. Hard to win games when the ball is leaving the ballpark. They rank 21st in ERA plus, and then you flip over to the offense. The offense has struck out the 10th most in all of baseball. They rank 22nd in RBIs, 22nd in home runs, 19th in runs per game. You start looking at how they rank uh, compared to the rest of the National League because we talk a lot about the fact that, oh, they're only, they're only two games out. They're only one game out. Kevin, they have the second worst run differential in the National League. That, that's a bad trend. Their expected win-loss is actually 9-12, and 12, so it appears they got lucky in a game. So they're, they're playing worse than what their record says. Half of their wins were against below 500 teams. They're 5-10 and 10 in their last 15 games. And as I mentioned previously, they've lost series to the Rockies, the Giants. They were swept by the Mets. Kevin, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. We're only 20 games into the season. All of that data to me, that is a bad baseball team that we're witnessing at the moment. Am I wrong for looking at these numbers over close to a month worth of games and being this team, they're not right in the thick of things. They're just lucky that the teams around them suck and they're actually a bad baseball team. Well, I do just want to correct one thing. They did not get swept. That series has not been completed. Oh, come on. <laughs> that is to be determined still. But no, I mean, hey, dude, um, there's no question they haven't looked good at all. I mean, they've had like stretch, like minor stretches where you're like, okay, maybe they're starting to put it together here. But 
there's no question it needs to be better. Un- inexcusable. Um, you can't lose a series to Colorado, who is probably going to push 95 losses, you know, give or take, especially in that NL West. Um, it's unacceptable, without, without a doubt. And um, they are lucky to be to still be in it, but they still are in it. It's basically that's my whole argument is there's no question they need to be better. Um, we were talking today. If they have any plans of doing anything this year, they have to patch the center field hole, preferably get McCutcheon at least out of the leadoff spot. I would say put Brad Miller in left, at least platoon him. They need at least one more starting pitcher. They need probably a better long man. And this was after, you know, I don't dislike David Hale. He's just not that great, I guess what I would say. Um, they need Girardi to be better because he hasn't been very good. So there's absolutely a bunch of things that do need to be improved. But at the end of the day, the top end talent is still there. It's going to be on Dombrowski to try to try to patch the holes on the roster as best as he can to keep this team in the race. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with the idea yeah. that they need to bring in some external talent. I guess – and. Me and Kevin, we were texting about this during the game, you know, right when things started getting out of control, you know, me doing my my normal spiel of being super mad at the team. Um, right I think so today. Right. Yeah, they, they look bad today. I, I Full right to be annoyed at them today. Yeah. Um, I guess my kind of standpoint is, all right, look, the National League East, it's bad right now. It's They're not playing great. And you're going to – you're assume – the Braves are going to pick it up here. The Mets, maybe once they get a little healthier, they start to pick it up. Um, not too worried about the Nationals or the Marlins. I guess my preference with this team is I care less at the moment about squeaking into the playoffs as an 84, 83 win baseball team, which might not happen. But with the way the National League East is looking right now, it's kind of looking like, all right, whoever can get hot right at the end, finish above 84 wins, 85 wins, they're going to win the division. Um, I, look, I'd love to see some October baseball, but I also just want to see the team play good baseball because over a longer stretch of time, whether it's this year, two years, three years, I want to see this team finally start to develop and start playing consistently, whether it's Bohm starting to look better, Moniak giving us something in the, uh, in the outfield, Nola putting back-to-back great starts together as opposed to one really good one and then one not so great one. Uh, them developing a fourth and a fifth pitcher, like whatever it is, I want to see this team just start playing good baseball. I can turn on the Dodgers at any night and they're playing good baseball. Um, the athletics look not a very talented team. They've been playing great baseball the last couple of weeks and in a multitude of ways. It doesn't always have to be home runs or complete game shutouts or Bryce Harper putting the team on his back, but just everyone collectively as a unit playing good baseball. And at least in my opinion, you get that going. Then you supplement in some trade additions, some free agent signings, whatever it is. That's how you build a team that's going to be in the playoffs every single year, as opposed to maybe lucking into it in a year where the division's bad. I get that. I do want to say, though, if they got the 85 wins this year, that's certainly an improvement because they haven't sniffed that since 2011 when they won 102. Um, I mean, they were projected to win. It was over under was 80 and a half. So maybe uh, the books were really on to something there. Hey, man, I just want them to get in. Of course, I want them to play well. If they get in at 85, 86 wins, I'm not going to be mad. I, I guarantee that me and you will sit here. And we'll talk ourselves into why we think they can make some noise. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, the top end talent is there. It's nice to see a guy like Maton come up, and he's hitting 500. I know we're going to get into him a little bit more. He's been outstanding. Um, but they they need – more help from the supplemental players, which is what we talked about all off season. It was supposed to be something that was addressed because they did bring in those kind of guys. It's either one, they're not producing or they're not being utilized correctly by Joe Girardi because for the life of me, I don't understand why Brad Miller can't get himself consistently in the starting lineup. The guy's hitting 381. Instead we're, we're trotting McCutcheon out there every day. The guy's hitting 150. Um, Roman Quinn continues to get starts and see playing time. He's not even hitting 100. Um, the team's in such a bad way that they had to force Mickey Moniak up to the big leagues. The guy's hitting 120 through nine games. There's a fundamental flaw there. You know, that they're not getting enough 
um, from their supplemental guys. I mean, Bryce Harper is absolutely raking. Um, JT's been very good. Still probably the best catcher in baseball, statistically. I mean, I know Nola gave up four runs, but he went seven innings when they really needed it. Nola, Wheeler, and Eflin have all been good. So they need their other guys to contribute because you look at a team like the Dodgers. They have guys constantly that come up out of nowhere and are just producing. They have guys like Maton. Like the Maton situation, you always see that in Los Angeles. That happens every year, it seems. Um, so Maton's a, a breath of fresh air, but they need more from those guys. If what I, I sit here and I'm trying to be the voice of optimism for Phillies fans, I still believe in this team, but I need to say it. Just me believing isn't enough. Yeah, and the the supplemental kind of talent point I think is a really good one because JT, JT and Bryce are both hitting over 300 at the moment. As, Bryce is like 1,100 OPS, man. He's out of his mind at the moment. And I think if you would have told me through 21 games that the Phillies would be, you know, 10 and 11, I'd be like, all right, that's not the worst thing in the world. But if you told me that they'd be under 500 with Bryce and JT both playing at an all-star level, I would be concerned. And I, I'm right to be concerned because you look around the dive and you're right. McCutcheon, there's nothing out there in left field at the moment. The center field position has been a disaster. Bone's not been great at third base. Didi's not been great at shortstop. The bench, I don't even want to talk about the bench tonight. Uh, the back end of the rotation has been bad. The bullpen can't stay healthy. And you're looking at all these different spots and you're like, look, like where, where are these pieces that fill, fill out a roster, right? Because yep. They've obviously wasted some money. Look, they got a lot of money tied up in McCutcheon, you know, Doable and Scott Kingery and, and, and whomever, right? And, and I don't want to blame Dombrowski too much because he had such short amount of time to work with. Yeah. But you, you definitely kind of, you're looking around like, Dave, like where are some of your marquee additions? And, you know, hopefully they come at the trade deadline and, you know, briefly touching on Joe Girardi. A lot of people were quick to criticize him. And we talked about Joe not being great last week, but I, I do think there's a point where the bases are loaded because your back-end starter at the front office signed wasn't good, and then you look at your bullpen and all the new additions are hurt, and you're looking, you're looking around and you're like, I can either put in Spencer Howard, my rookie, who hasn't pitched very well, or David Ale, my veteran longman, who hasn't pitched very well. Like it, It's a lose-lose situation sometimes yeah. for Girardi, where it's like, all right, do I pinch hit with uh, – Ronald Torres tonight or Roman Quinn tonight? Like at some point, the the talent, the supplemental talent outside of the Bryce and the Nola and the JT and the Wheeler and even the Eflin, he's he's been very very good this year. It's it's not, it's nothing compared to a team like the Dodgers or the Padres or even a team like the Braves who haven't looked particularly good this year. And, and that goes back to my point. I want this to be more of a collective effort every single night as opposed to, wow, Bryce played really well tonight. Oh, eight innings from Nola. Like oh. Eflin played above expectation. There needs to be nights where it's the back end of the lineup pulling through a win. It's the middle of the bullpen coming in and giving us four scoreless. Like those are the types of performances that will make me more confident about this team. Yeah. Um, I mean, you hit it on the head, but at the same time, we knew that they weren't the Dodgers coming into the year. I just feel like that. I understand it's the comparison because they're the cream of the crop. But, like, realistically, we knew that they weren't going to compete with the Dodgers. I just feel like that's an unfair comparison, even though they are the top of the National League and that's who you're trying to beat. I just don't think the Phillies are at that level yet. Well, they got a payroll right up with yeah, that level. Sure. But that wasn't um, Dave Dombrowski. Like, no. I think it's way too early to to pin that on him because he didn't give McCutcheon the, the, the money he did. He didn't extend O'Double. He didn't sign Kingery to the long-year, um, multi-year contract before he played – it's too early to, to be super critical of Dombrowski, but they need him to, you know, do what he does best and fix some of these holes. Um, and just to touch on Odubel, they're really just wasting that money. They've got nothing out of center field. What, eventually they're going to have to bring them up. Like that's how I view it. Like you're getting nothing from these guys, like absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, me he can't outperform them. Like he, I'm very confident that he could outperform the guys they have out there right now. I, I don't disagree in the slightest. Uh, yeah. I, I think if they wanted to to do it, they would have done it by now. I, I, I agree with that. 
I agree with that. But like, what are we doing here? Are we trying to win? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I understand you don't want to take the PR hit, but like, how much longer can we watch Moniac and Quinn hit 100? And I think you can take that same logic and apply it to a handful of different positions. You already touched on uh, Brad Miller, where it looked like he picked up a little bit of an injury this week. But uh, moving forward, there, there's no there's no baseball reason uh, outside of what, what, what the number on the contract says to get yeah. Miller out of the lineup in favor of McCutcheon. We got I, another knock today. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd argue there's no logic to keep someone like Adonis Medina out of the rotation in favor of a Matt Moore. Um, you know, there's, there's options there. I'd like to see them explore those options. Uh, a clarification on the Dombrowski point, because totally, look, 90% of this organization's problems are because of Matt Klintak. And Andy and, McPhil. And Andy McPhail. That, that <laughs> regime. what his job was. Still don't know what he did. Just hanging out in Florida, man. He was having a good He's time. In the, yeah, he would, once a year he would speak, and, like, I felt like he wasn't in touch with the roster. He didn't know what was going on. <laughs> He's collecting a paycheck. <laughs> Not at all. Um, so I, I don't want to sit here and be like, oh, classic Dave, you know, paying McCutcheon. He didn't make those decisions. With that said, uh, the Matt Moore signing was bad. Yeah, yeah. Chase Anderson signing, which, I, you know, I, I'm not I'm giving not, up on Chase Anderson. I'm not, give, I'm not giving up on like, Coors Field, some yeah. wonky hits, exactly. whatever. Uh, would I go as far as to call it a, a great sign? Probably not. Um, you know, the – They need more length from them. They would, I they, would love some more, more length. They need more length because – He's kept them in every game up to today. Mm-hmm. And like we said, I'm not ready to, to give up on him after a bad start at Coors Field because he has the track record of he's been a decent pitcher in the past. Yeah. Um, I'm not at Matt Moore level with Chase Anderson. Oh, and neither am I. Like I said, Coors right. Field start, whatever. You throw those out yeah. the window. But we need him um, to be better next time out. We need him to be better next time out. But, I, you know, I, I just kind of look – and you brought up, you're right, it's not fair to compare this team to the Dodgers, but I would love to be kind of a Dodgers light, right, where they Absolutely. are or, or they're able to find kind of these, these hidden bench pieces, these back-end rotation arms with upside as opposed to what, what's kind of felt like the same plan the last couple of years is throw a lot of money at old players, yep. don't use the young players unless emergency strikes, and then throw them into the deep end and then just kind of fingers crossed that Harper, Nola, JT – Etc. can drag you to the postseason, which as we've seen the last two years running, it doesn't, it's not going to work. I would agree. Um, but it is early. <laughs> now I'm driving you nuts with that, but that doesn't mean that they're not digging themselves a hole because the more games you lose early in the year, the better you have to play the rest of the year. So it doesn't take away from that. They just need to be better. It's plain and simple. We need to be better. We need to have a good week this week, and it starts tomorrow with Zach Wheeler facing the ancient Adam Wainwright. That's a game the Phillies should win. It would be nice. Um, it, I mean, it should. And I'm not trying to drive you crazy with the it's early because you're right. Every loss, a loss now and a loss in September counts the same. The difference is they have more time to make up for it. But with each loss, you're running out of time. Yeah, and, and I, I think they're, they're burning some of their, uh, their elite performances, you know, like, like we for mentioned sure, before. Yeah. You know, like JT, look, they're not going to be hitting 300-plus for the rest of the season. If Harper does, he's going to win MVP, which if he's winning MVP, they're making the playoffs. Um, yeah. But you're kind of burning those performances where you have JT and Bryce locked in at the same time. That's got to translate to wins. And whether it's the rotation, the bullpen, the bench, the outfield, Joe Girardi, like – Whatever it's been the last two weeks running, something has prevented Harper and JT as elite as they've been playing to stack up wins. And like, imagine how nice it would be if we were sitting here with 15 wins or 16 wins, yeah. multiple games up on the Braves, yeah. multiple games up on the Mets. Like, we'd be in such a good spot where then we could drop some, some, some of those ugly, you know, late July games against the Marlins down in Florida where they win 2-1. Like, those games are going to happen. We know those games are going to happen. Or the games when we play the Dodgers or the Padres and they put up 10 on us. Like, those games are going to happen. And I feel like they've kind of – they've already used up some of their get-out-of-jail-free cards. For sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely they have. I mean, the, the opener in Colorado, they were 4-2 to in the bottom of the seventh, David. A winnable I mean, baseball game. A winnable game. It was right there for them. Um, no, you're right. And, and that goes to my point of 
with each loss, like your, your leash becomes shorter and shorter and shorter. The April argument is just that they have the time to make up for it. Like, but eventually that time's not going to be there. So I'm waiting, man. I want them to come out and, you know, sweep the Cardinals this week. It would be great. I mean, if they, if they sweep the Cardinals, we're sitting here on a what, World Series, day? baby. World Series, baby. Just like every week. Um, I do want to say they yeah. need – I want no – our viewers on YouTube can see this. For good luck, I found this. Been looking for it. Hadn't been able to find it. I feel good now that I found it tonight. Okay. It's, we're going to get going here. My Aaron Nola jersey. Yes. I'm going to throw it on. Okay. Um, so we're going to get going. This is a good omen. All right, I'm with. I can buy it. Yo, uh, yeah. Shout out to the YouTube viewers, by the way. Um, most recent pod had the most views on our YouTube channel. We picked up a couple subscribers, so huge thank you to everyone who's uh coming and hanging out with us. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> I would have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So let's let's move on from the uh, the Philly suck rant for a second. Um. Let's talk about something good from this past week, Kevin. A player yes. who came out of nowhere. He's just he's just raped, man. Nick Maton. What like Yeah. What what do we do with him? He's he looks great. This is gonna be an interesting uh, conversation. I, I already know it. Uh, hey man, I think you gotta if he can hit, you gotta get him in the lineup. I don't care where he's playing. As long as he can if, if he's producing offensively. I know you're you, I wrote you excuse me, read your most recent piece that you just released. Oh, thank you. Um, once I got the alert, made sure I read it. Um, you're not too keen on moving on the center. I am not. And the main reason that I'm not was I went and looked back at his, uh, his minor league statistics and Kevin, he has never, ever taken a rep in the outfield, not center professionally. He may yeah, have, not, he may have when he was younger. Maybe, yeah, well, as a teenager. But, like, since getting to the minor leagues, he's never taken a rep in center, left, or right field. He's almost exclusively played middle infield. I believe he's played eight innings at third base. I think people – and what we're referring to with Maton is Gene's going to come back. Gene's playing good baseball at the moment. Yep. You know, Gene at second base. Uh, DD is shortstop. You're paying them too much money to, to bench one of them. They've already proven they're not going to bench a highly play, uh, paid player when you look at McCutcheon. So the argument would be both guys have been pretty good offensively too. Like it'd be hard to sit them. Like like Gene's hitting over 300. Yes. Um, DD's probably one of their best clutch hitters. They need more pop from him. I think his OPS is under 700. Mm-hmm. That's not going to fly. Um, but, yeah, I just don't see them sitting either one of those guys. And I understand the Gene Segura argument, but realistically, he might be their best contact hitter. I don't think you can, I don't think you can sit him. Behind Maton, though, right? <laughs> yeah, Maton's one of the greatest hitters of all time, dude. Yeah. 500 already. Chase Utley 2.0. Um, so, yeah, so the proposal that's been thrown out there, and Girardi touched on it briefly of him seeing reps at other positions is, all right, throw him out in center field, right? The Phillies have a big hole at center field. He's an athletic kid. He can switch positions. And I just think people are wildly understating the challenge that it is to play middle infield your entire professional life, five years down in the minor leagues, where all you're doing is fielding ground balls, turning double plays. You get to the major leagues. Everything's going great. You're playing shortstop. You're playing second base. And the Phillies, a team that are trying to make the playoffs, say, hey, buddy, Go learn an entire new position, but keep doing everything you've been doing at the plate. And I know you hate when I bring up the Scott Kingry argument, but I think it's a valid one where you had a guy debuting, just excelling at everything he did, and they get him to the major leagues, and they say, hey, buddy, not only are you going to have to keep improving as a swinger, but I need you to learn nine different positions on the baseball field and be elite at everyone and continue to hit the baseball Oh, and there's all this pressure on you because we're trying to make the playoffs. And I think we, we've seen this story before, and it ended up in disaster. Yeah, but let, let, let's put it this way. If, if they do want to play him in center, I don't think it would be like you're our everyday center fielder. Um, every day from the rest of the year, you're penciled in in center. I don't view it that way. I think it would help them to learn, to learn the outfield a little bit. Um, yeah, but you wouldn't you wouldn't try to teach him in the major leagues. You'd send him back to Lehigh and say learn it, and then maybe next year you can that's center that's team. fair. That's a fair argument. Uh, I can't really dispute that. Um, 
but there's plenty of guys who do play multiple positions. That was my whole point with you earlier. I don't view Kingery's descent down the depth chart and just into a black abyss of just awfulness. I don't view it because they didn't play him at second base every day. Um, it's a, you know what though? It's, it's a really tough, it's a really tough thing because I'm sure if they did go to Maton, he'd say, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He wants to play because he wants to play. Um, I don't know. I don't think it can hurt to try it. And if it doesn't work, then okay, it doesn't work. But if, man, if the guy's just going to keep hitting, like we talked about it the other day, if you can hit, they'll find you a spot on the diamond, you know? And so how I concluded the, the article that I wrote this evening was, I agree. Look, if he's going to keep hitting the baseball, you yeah. got to keep him in the lineup. My, my solution was to kind of start platooning the infield. Look, um, Didi, his defense has been atrocious and you're paying him a lot of money, but I think telling him to take a day off every three days isn't the worst thing in the world. Gene Segura, as great as he's been playing, uh, he's probably not going to be on the roster next year just due to financial reasons. Um, I don't – it was on the trade block this year. I think yeah. he's probably going to be back there next year. Um, telling him to take a day off once in a while or telling him to play a little bit of shortstop. Boom has not been good at third base. I think you could totally tell Gene to take some reps at third and get Maton in at second. Uh, Reese, you know – Great game the other night. He's been pretty inconsistent as well. You could have Bone play some first base and just, I think, shuffling. If you want to keep Maton in the majors, I think you got to commit to shuffling around the infield to continue to develop him. I think if you want him to get everyday reps or start learning the outfield for maybe 2022, I think that'd have to come down in a Lehigh because the worst case scenario, Kevin, would be they start messing with his uh, defensive skills and he flames out and then he's not even a factor next year or in two years and you rushed a kid because you were hyper focused on trying to win now and you completely ruined his development which would, would really be unfortunate because he looks he's looked so good yeah but i don't think sending him down is at least at the moment realistic because he could be their utility infielder off the bench he could be their Ronald Torres or what Scott Kingery was going to be. He's not 21. You know, like he's 24 years old. He'll get at bats. You know, if they don't want to move in the center, okay, that's fine. But if he's still going to play that utility role for the team, he'll still play and he'll still be a vital part of it. Um, like you said, playing multiple positions around the infield, get him, get his bat in the lineup a couple times a week. You can do that. Um, I'm a fully on board with, at least until he really goes into a bad way. Once Tarias is ready to come off and is ready to return, he should be sent down. And I think Maton should stay with the team. I, I definitely agree with you there. Like, I think that goes back to the idea of, you know, shuffling around the infield every once in a while because it's not like Bohm or Hoskins or Didi. Um, you know, you can make an argument for Gene. It's not like any of them are playing to the level where you have to keep their bat in the lineup every single day. Yeah, and I do just want fans to not put too much stock into his start because he's not going to be this great. He's not going to hit 500 for the rest of the year. Um, he's never been a guy in the minor leagues who's hit 300. So he's looked awesome so far, and like he really seems like he has developed since the last time he saw everyday playing time in the minor leagues. But let's pump the brakes to where he's – I'm not expecting this guy to be like an all-star caliber player. I think that's asking a lot. Yeah, no, I agree. Like a couple, couple good at-bats here for uh, Maton. Let's, let's not – I think setting expectations too high. We, we saw that with Moniak. We, we saw do that it a lot. Gabriel. Yeah, we do it a lot. You know, it's let's, – let's not – It's like with Moniak, like the guy had 15 great at-bats in the spring. Fantastic. People thought he was going to come up and be like a superstar. <laughs> it's just they, like, they thought he was going to save the team, right? Yeah, it's just uh, like it's just not usually how it works. Potentially, myself included. But uh, <laughs> anyways, it's early, nine games. Yeah, he's fine. He's a long way to go. He's a long way to go. He's he's going awful a lot, which I love. Um, I, I want to talk about Reese Hoskins real quick before we start looking yeah. at our uh, Phillies of the week. Um, I do want to say I've never really been a big fan. Hey, and you know what? That's okay. Don't yeah. let people tell you otherwise. Um, I'm certainly rooting for him. Here's my thing with Reese. 
because I put out an article slash tweet, not even criticizing him, but highlighting the fact that he's been inconsistent post-2017, um, that he's not really been the player this organization was hoping for. Um, and people got upset. And then, of course, he goes and hits two home runs. And now people are bringing up old stats, like, oh, he's got X amount of RBI since he debuted. And he's actually really, really good. He's actually elite. He's actually a, a World Series caliber first baseman. And then he shows up today. And he goes 0 for 4. And I'm like, there's, there's Reese Hoskins. That's just who yeah, he is. We know and love. There he is. And I think people like Reese primarily because he's super likable. Um, great guy. Um, you know, really involved with the city, really involved with the team. I, I'm with all that. I think the issue with him is he goes on these crazy hot streaks and he's, he, he's, he's awesome. And then he goes on these ice cold streaks where he's hitting below 200. And it kills the team because he's at such a high position of value in first base which is a position where you typically put one of your best hitters and really really important that I think people fail to understand batting in front of Bryce Harper is probably the most important position on the team not only do you see a lot of pitches because people don't want to walk you but you need to get on base at a high rate whether it's walking or hitting or putting the ball in play you have to be in a position to let Harper drive in some runs Kevin Harper's hit six home runs this year. Not a single one has there been a man on base. They've all been solo. We got 10 RBIs. That's horrible. That's, that's yeah. literally, and part of, most of that's on Kutch. But part of that is on Hoskins. And I just feel like there's this, there's this on-off switch where he hits a home run and everyone's like, oh my God, he's Ryan Howard 2.0. And then he strikes out a bunch of times. And everyone's like, oh my God, he's, he's DFA caliber. And, and neither are correct. He's somewhere in the middle. I think what this team's going to have to decide in the offseason is, is being somewhere in the middle, a middle-of-the-pack first baseman. If you look at his OPS ranks compared to baseball, it's literally smack in the middle. It's around that 15, 16, 17 range. Is that good enough batting in front of Bryce Harper, your, your best asset, to win you a championship? I think they'd be better suited moving him out of the two-hole because he's not walking as much this year, which, you know, he's being more aggressive at the plate, as evidenced by his 30 strikeouts and four walks, which is just – you told me he had four walks through 21 games. I, I th would have thought he would have had that through the first series. I, I would move Boehm to number two. And for the exact reason you said, you'll see more pitches. Uh, I think it would be very beneficial to move to at least not even necessarily flip them in the lineup. Look, Hoskins has been hitting for power, especially this past week. Um, but he is tied for the team leading homers. He is – what a slugging percentage of 548. It's pretty damn good. I'd be fine with moving him back to the four hole. But I feel like I've been saying it now for a few weeks. It makes more sense to have him hitting fourth than it does a JT, who I love JT. I, I, think, I think if you go Boom, Harper, Hoskins, JT, it's not the worst. You know, it's, you know it could be pretty good, assuming Boom can get going here. But I think Hoskins is in the wrong spot in the lineup. Basically what I'm getting at. Uh, I counter that with they had to move him out of the four hole in the past because he wasn't good enough. For sure. Uh, but he was walking then. So it made sense to move him to two. Yeah. He's not walking anymore. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd put him to five or six. Uh, I actually really like him. as well. I mean, then you literally could flip him and bone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's fine. JT's hitting 300 in cleanup. Uh, he's not. He's not hitting, he's not going to give you 40, 50 home runs, but I'm not yeah. touching a guy who's hitting 300 in his spot. I'm just going to let him do him. I think he does that. I love that kind of Harper JT back to back. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Hoskins is just such a weird one because, you know, he's probably going to finish the year with an OPS over 800 with, which, you know, compared to most baseball teams is, is pretty darn good. I just think in this specific setting in the context that it's in with how long he's been on the team, with how streaky he's been, it's like this is not a guy that I can sit here and be like, yes, you can win a championship with that guy 100%. Oh, wait, he hasn't even made the playoffs yet, Kevin. No, and I, and I started this conversation with I've never been a big Hoskins guy. His splits are very – his splits tell the story, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Does a lot more damage at home than he does on the road. Sure. I know he just hit two home runs at Coors Field, but it's Coors Field. Yeah, do they even count, question mark? I mean, ask um, Chase Anderson and David Hale. They count. Yeah, take them off the uh, take them off the box score. No, and you know, you look at 
was it uh was it 2019 where he hit like under 200 in the second half of the season he was the worst offensive player in baseball yeah and like it, i know I, I don't have that offhand right here i know for a fact that he was because yeah. they had Gingery in 2018 who was the worst offensive player in baseball <laughs> then they had hoskins who was the worst player in ba- uh, offensive player in baseball in the second half of 2019 yeah and now we have roman quinn i right? just keep it on the uh the and Andrew mccutcheon and, and Andrew McCutcheon, good point. Um, but yeah, you know, Hoskins, and I'm, we might get some pushback just for making these comments tonight. Because people I, love him. I mean, I get it. But. Dude, I like him too. He's, he's awesome. He's such a great guy. But, I, you know, you, it, it's hard when it, it's so ice, you know, ice and fire. You know, it's so hot and cold in the sense of if you're going to bat around Bryce Harper, I need you doing some damage. And right now it's some nights he's hitting two home runs. The other nights it's, it's four strikeouts. And it's like, Hey brother, I'd rather you maybe hit one home run. <laughs> if that meant you could hit the ball twice the next night. Like, and I, maybe that's nitpicking because again, like his averages over a full 162 game season are going to wrap. They're going to end up being half decent. Um, yeah. But I, I, I don't think he's the type of player that you can look at and be like, he is unquestionably a part of the core moving forward until he proves otherwise. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. But, I mean, they have bigger issues than him. Uh, oh, he's way down the list at the moment. Yeah, but, but I agree. I don't I, – I guess he technically is part of the core, but I don't really view him as part of the core, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I know, yeah. If a team came and they called me about, uh, you know, JT about a trade or even like Zach Eflin and they're like, Hey, I'll give you X, Y, and Z. I'd hang up the phone. If somebody called me about Reese Hoskins, I'd at least listen to the offer and see what it is. Right. Yes. Yep. Sweet. I would agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I'm not alone in this, uh, this Reese Hoskins discourse. No, I mean, I, I feel like I've been saying this for a few years now. I'm just, like I said, I've just never been completely blown away with the guy. Yeah, I do think that's fair to say. Um, all right, Kevin, before we get into our weekly tradition of Phillies of the Week, any other final talking points you wanted to get to real quick? Um, I mean, we briefly touched on it, and I'm going to get into it a little bit more here in a minute, but I just don't know how much longer you can justifiably continue to play Andrew McCutcheon. Like, at what point is does it stop being, well, it's Andrew McCutcheon. He's a great guy. He's a former MVP, too. He clearly does not have it anymore. Clearly. And we saw signs of this last year. And I like Andrew McCutcheon because he's a very easy guy to root for. Um, sure, he's a great clubhouse guy. But, David, he is absolutely killing this team. He's killing them. Kevin, am I wrong in saying that it almost looks like he's oblivious to his struggles at the moment? Well, the other day we saw him do the old – and, look, I get this from playing baseball. Like, I get when you're in a bad way and you get a knock or something, it feels good. Like, you're like, oh, thank God. Clearly it didn't snap him out of it. But the other day, I want to say it was against San Fran, he, like, pointed to the heavens on an infield single, and it was kind of just like – I mean, that's great and all, dude, but like you're Andrew McCutcheon. Mm-hmm. Like it's shouldn't be what you're shooting for, you know? And like, like I said, like I get it. Like I played baseball all my life. Like I understand you get into a bad way sometimes and getting that hit feels good. Clearly it didn't do anything for him though, because did he even have a hit in this series? I don't know. Uh, top I think I'm he had not... one yesterday. Oof. He's, he has been just been so bad. I know I talked to you about this earlier. Coming into today, he was two for 14 this week, and his average went up. I wow. mean, that's that's crazy. Yeah, no, and I, I've been banging this drum for a while. Uh, I mean, there was there was a play uh, in last night's win. Hector Nears came on to close the game out. Hector gave up a triple, kind of hit to the gap, hit towards the wall, and Kutch was – he was jogging. I pointed I'm, it out. I, t- I, I was like, what is he doing? Like, brother, like, this is – bottom of the ninth like a yeah. must-win baseball game and you're jogging and roman had to sprint over there and like look at least shout out to roman for hustling and getting the ball but it was a horrible look you know as, as the yeah. savvy veteran getting paid 20 million dollars one of the highest paid players in franchise history 
Yeah. And you're jogging on a ball, hits the gap. And I, you know, and I kind of point out, obviously he cares. Obviously he wants to win. For sure. Yeah, I'm not I, questioning that. But it's... I am starting to question maybe his kind of self-awareness to how bad he's been playing. Where, look, I get it. Your name's Andrew McCutcheon. You've won gold gloves. You won MVPs, all this great stuff. But at the moment, like you are killing this baseball team that desperately needs you to be good. Yeah, and it goes kind of against my point of a, as a team when you're like, it's only April, there's still plenty of time to get it going. But it's not as if Kutch has done this over five games. You know, like, we're what is it now? Like, a little more than 10% on the season. Mm -hmm. At some point, it just gets to, like, you just don't have it. I don't know. Does he have 100 ABs yet? He might have, like, 80-something. I'm not sure. It's just frustrating because it's a guy that – I thought I even mentioned on this pod coming into the year, is this a guy we're undervaluing? And man, was I wrong. I was so wrong. Yeah, no, I again, like he and he looked good in spring, which is the frustrating did, part. Yeah. Um, and he hasn't been that good defensively. Like, he's been bad knew, defensively. <laughs> yeah, like we knew that like that was going to be an issue, but like his offense was supposed to like, you know, balance it out, which it hasn't. But yeah, that's. I just wanted to kind of get, I knew, I know that we already had mentioned it and a lot of people probably know how I feel about it, but it's just like, what are we doing? You know? So I feel like that's a good segue into a uh, Philly of the week. Um, yep. I, th- I think, you know, let's, let's try to end the pot on a positive note. So let's start first with the, uh, the most disappointing Philly of the week. Kevin, I'm going to turn this right back over to you. Is Andrew McCutcheon your guy? Absolutely, he is. Okay, and I think you could even give him this most disappointing for the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just been—it's sickening, you know. It, it really is just like unbelievable how much of a shell he's not even really close to the player he was. Um, I believe coming into today, he was two for fourteen on the week. I think he went over four today, so two for eighteen this week. When he was two for 14 for the week, his average went up. This guy who's hitting 150, uh, OPS in the 500s, he's not getting on base. He's m- mental miscues in the field. He's walking to a ball in the gap in a, in a game where the Phillies are trying to hold on. Um, granted, I don't think that he would have helped stop Hampson from getting the third because Hampson can absolutely fly. Still, not a good look. Um, they need more from him, and it's not even like they need more. They need so much more from Andrew McCutcheon. He's supposed to be one of the key players on this team, and it's really showing because they're sputtering along, and he has not done a single thing. I could not agree more with every single point you just made. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did need him to start turning it on. Um, so McCutcheon. McCutcheon was a really good one. Kind of, kind of picked the obvious one there. And there's a lot of different routes I could turn with this. I, you know, I could go to Didi, his defense, not great. Um, I could go to my most disappointing Philly from last week, Alec Bohm. He's unfortunately gotten he's worse since then, um, yep. which is not great. I could go to, you know, maybe Vince Velasquez for only giving us a couple innings, David Hale, whoever. I'm going to go with Chase Anderson. And okay. the only reason I'm going with Chase is because I talked him up big time before today's start. We so were I, loving on him when he was like three shutout innings or whatever. I was okay. feeling good. I was like, he's, he's going to get us five plus. And he is not the biggest problem on this team. Again, a lot of people are going to lump him together with Matt Moore. I don't think that's the case. But I was I, – I have been disappointed with the results. He's 0-3 as a starter. He only gave you three and two-thirds today. And it looked course field. There were some awkward bloop singles. But there was a point where he had a chance to kind of limit the damage and he gives up a knock to the pitcher. And I was like, Chase, like, that's not what this team needs from you. That's not what they paid you money to do. I think he'll bounce back. I think he'll be fine in the long term. I do think he'll stick in the rotation probably as a true number five. Hopefully you get a number four in there. But um, he's my most disappointing Philly primarily just because I had really big expectations for him. And he's disappointed me. Um, Again, not the biggest problem on the team. Not even the biggest problem in the pitching staff. <laughs> Matt Moore is way worse, but he, he's definitely disappointed me just because I expected him to give us a little bit more consistency 
through his first couple of starts. Yeah. Um, today was not good. You know, and like you said, the giving up the hit to John Gray, it was kind of just like so deflating mm-hmm. that you just could feel the big inning coming, you know. It was like a, it was like an hour long inning too. You it just was, knew it was hard. To and yeah, one story hit hit it off of David Hale. Yeah, you could just game. literally see it off his face. He knew it was gone. Absolute ball game. Yeah. Um, all right. So in, a, in an attempt to end this primarily depressing pod in a more in a more negative se- or in a more positive sense. Yep. Kevin, you were Philly of the week, and there's actually a good number of people I think you could choose from here. There is, and. I'm only going this route because I'm pretty confident. I know where you're going to go. Okay. So it's got to be the franchise player, Bryce Harper, right? right. I mean, I he's been incredible. What a week. What, what a week, really. Uh, he had, hit three long balls, only three RBIs, which is ridiculous. He had three solo homers this week. But just consistently hitting the baseball, and not even just hitting the baseball, crushing the baseball. Uh, even his double the other night after Hoskins went deep off the top of the wall was just an absolute bullet. I mean, everything the guy hits, it seems to be 100-plus off the bat. He's locked in. Uh, defensively, very good. He threw out a runner again today at the plate. Uh, he seems to have one of the best arms in baseball from the right field position. Um, he's been everything and more that you expect him to be, being Bryce Harper. And I would argue – that maybe not from Phillies fans or not even the national media, but like other fan bases, he's underrated. I think he's very a very underrated player because a lot of times you'll hear his name and people will just be like, say he's overrated. You know what I mean? Like they'll kind of roll their eyes and be like, oh, yeah, okay. Like, yeah, it's one of those. But I, don't, I think he's kind of undervalued. I will criticize a lot of players on this podcast over the next uh, 140 games. I will very rarely criticize Bryce Harper because of all the reasons you just said. Very undervalued, very underrated. He's playing at a like absurdly high level at the moment. Now he's playing as one of the best players in the National League right now, David. I mean, if not the best, if we're being completely honest. Um, it's a shame that we're not getting the results when he's playing like this. Um, Okay, I want to go to my Philly of the week, and I don't think it's who you thought I was going to pick. Okay. I'm assuming you thought I'd go Nick Maton. Absolutely thought you were going to go Nick Maton. That is not who I'm going. Okay. Talked about him him earlier in the episode. I got to go JT. And he the reason, and I think partly is because he was he's been somewhat overshadowed by Bryce and his brilliance, but look. JT Romuto is a catcher who is hitting 300 plus at the moment. That is absurd. That is borderline unheard of. He entered the week hitting 300 plus. He exited the week hitting 300 plus. He's been such a strength for this team. We know what he can do defensively and his production at the plate. He's not just swinging for the fences every at bat. He's putting a lot of balls in plays, playing the infield, going opposite way. Like I, I know there were some concerns about handing JT such a huge contract. Like, oh, is he going to drop? I mean, he's, he's, he's better now than he was last season and during the offseason when they paid him that huge contract. I mean, he's, Kevin, he's been playing some really, really good baseball. Now he's been a, a, he's been a bargain for what they signed him for. Let's put it that way. Um, 115 over five, he looks like a steal. I mean, if he was, if he was a different position and he was hitting – 306 with a 919 OPS. He'd be getting stupid money in free agency. Yeah, you could probably even argue if he was a little bit younger, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's just been exceptional. And again, obviously they're not getting the results right now. And uh this is no disrespect to Nick Maton, but I think seeing JT come in and just produce at such a high level. I mean, I feel so confident when he's at the plate. Um, I I do think it's worth noting that over this past week, even though they went. Two and four. Uh, he was most definitely not one of the reasons why. He's been very, very good. Yeah, I would have to agree, man. And like you said, when these two guys are producing, they need to start winning more ball games. I mean, there's, there's, they're wasting performances from these two guys. Who look, they're our Phillies of the week. Realistically, they should be the Phillies of the week every week, you know, because they're 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 their two franchise guys. Phillies of the year outright. 
Seriously. I mean, they're getting exactly what they expected from both of their two star players. They've been, uh, they've been fantastic. Um, so on that note, finishing off with our two stars, uh, I think this is a good, good wrapping up point on the podcast. I was just looking ahead. I did not realize it's actually a four game series with St. Louis, not a three game series. Um, so, you know, hopefully they can three of four, David, that's what we're looking for. Would be great. I was also looking at some of the pitching matchups, Wheeler Monday, Eflin Tuesday, Nola Thursday. They haven't announced Wednesday's starter. But anytime I get those three going in a four-game stretch, Kevin, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Um, look, man, I think it should be Vince Velasquez on Wednesday. I don't want to see Matt Moore again. <laughs> that's, that's about where I'm at with it. We, we didn't even touch on it. But yeah, Vince actually looked half decent in his outing. Uh, kind of like, you know, he kind of did what was expected. Like, we didn't think he was going to get six or seven innings, you know? No, he chewed up the innings he was asked to. Good for him. Um, <laughs> good old, good old Vince Velasquez. Yeah, four game split. Vince be good. Velasquez so breakout? Yeah, no, stop. We're not, we're not doing this. Not, <laughs> not at this hour. Um, so, yeah, we'll actually be back Thursday night at one uh, fifteen games. We'll, you know, get that out in the evening for you guys. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook. All those links will be down in the description below. Um, as we mentioned earlier, make sure to head on over to our YouTube page. Subscribe to that as well if you want to watch the podcast. Um, with that said, we're the Bullpen Blues Podcast, and we will catch you all in a couple of days. Go Phils!